What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Remember Country Music Podcast. Uh, today's a great day. It's great, Jesse. It's a great day, right? It's, it's a great, great day. At least here, it's beautiful. It's a little cold, but it's nice. At least it's not raining. We went on like a stretch last week where it just rained every single day, and um, I hate the rain. So I was yeah. like, "Give me some sunshine." And it's, it's nice out today. It's like in the forties. Take that. That's okay. We'll take it. Um, but I'm hanging out, Jesse Lee. Jesse, how are we? What's going on? How how are you? I'm excited to get to know you a little bit and uh, get to talk a little bit here. But how are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing really good. Um, got a had a really busy summer. Things are kind of starting to slow down a little bit with winter, um, which is kind of nice for yeah. my boys and for um, usually in the winter time is when I get to write and go to the the studio and do some recording. So I'm looking forward to that this winter. The winter months. Everyone always says, right, like now from about, I'd say probably middle of November, maybe Thanksgiving till the end of the year, right? And then I guess probably going into like February-ish. But um, now this time, like as musicians, like you want to play, right? And you want to like do all this stuff. But like how nice is it to like go home and be like, I actually have nothing to do this weekend. How great is that? Yeah, it's nice. Um, since... Since I am like a full-time, full-time musician, mm -hmm. it does get a little bit stressful in the wintertime because you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have any money coming in. But right. um, at the same time, there's some kind of local venues that have been really great to me that are indoor venues that I still nice. get to play, you know, in December and January. And um, some of the holiday parties and stuff kind of come up during this time. So that is nice, but it's nice to not be on the road road where, yeah. you know, especially, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's always fun. I always like, getting to travel, especially with my band, but, um, but yeah, it's nice to be a little bit local for That's a couple great. months and get some things done that I've needed to, sure. to get done. And maybe sleep in your own bed and, you know, do all those, all that good stuff. I, I, yeah. I that. That's pretty great. I, I, I think about how like I would go away and this is how, you know, I'm not cut out for the road. Like this is hundred <laughs> percent how you know this. Like I think about when I go away for like four or five days, wherever it might be. Right. And I, it could be the greatest time. I could have had the most fun ever, but I cannot wait to get home, take a shower in my own shower yes. and sleep in my own bed. And like, that's how, you know, I'm not cut out for the road. Cause I'm like, I get that though. Right? That's, but you know, it just makes coming home that much sweeter. Cause then if I stay here at my house too long, then I'm ready to, to go. So it's like, it's a double-edged sword. Either way, yeah. I'm ready to be somewhere else. <laughs> you're either too cooped up, or you just are you you're, you're ready for home. I get it. I yeah. totally get it. It's, where are some of the some of your favorite places to play? Oh, that's hard. Um, let's see. I mean, obviously, I play a lot around Texas, yep. um, and Texas feels like playing three states sometimes because sure. stuff will be like six hours away, and you're still yeah. in Texas. But um, I don't know. That's hard. There was a place actually in San Antonio. Um, and it was called Luna. I think they actually just shut it down, but it was this really cool, like speakeasy, almost twenties vibe. Um, and it was a music venue and everybody that played there was kind of like soul blues, cool. jazz musicians. And so we were kind of, um, a different type of band. Cause although I do country, I also do kind of some of the soul jazz stuff. Right. And so we would kind of tailor our set list to make it like Americana soul nice. music. Um, and so that was a really cool place, but I've got to play some really fantastic places. Like Green Hall is one of the most legendary venues. I want to go there so bad. It is so Ooh. cool. 
Yeah, it's like you just know when you walk on those floors, you know, like those creaky hardwood floors that so many of the best musicians ever have, you know, played on that stage. And um, so many people have been there for years listening to music. So that's definitely one of my favorite places. Awesome. Yeah, but I feel like that that's kind of across the board if you're a Texas uh, uh, a musician, like everyone loves playing there. And like, that's yeah. the one thing like that I feel like is pretty common is where that's like the, one of the first things out of people's mouths. And I think that's so cool. And I'm like, man, yes. I would love to go there. Yeah, um, it's legendary. It's kind of like Luchenbach, you know, like yeah. I, I enjoy playing Luchenbach too. But um, I mean, I guess the song is kind of what made that place so sure. famous. But, sure. <laughs> but yeah, Green Hall just has so much history in it. Yeah, that's so cool. I love it. Um, what What about, so you brought up, you brought up the, you know, the bluesy side of things and, and that whole thing. And I kind of want to get into, I, I kind of want to backtrack um, sure. and like, and, and, kind of just bring up your upbringing and how you found yourself here. But, but you did mention the, the, the bluesy side of things. And, and I want to hear all that because I, I think that you're, you're very country, but there's also like a flair in there that like you don't normally hear, which is why I think like I, I tailored to that. Right. Cause like for me, I, and I always say this, but I grew up on multiple things and those things were not country music. Right. I've been listening to country music since I was 15 years old. Right. And, but prior to that is pretty much classic rock, a little bit of Southern rock, and you know like the blues eddie yeah. james l fitzgerald uh 100 aretha you know there's a <clears throat> so like where did that whole side of things come from with you especially being in texas where country music is country music yeah so actually um i grew up i was from nashville tennessee my dad was a songwriter there um, and he wrote country music for about 25 years oh. and so um i grew up with a lot of the country influences but since my dad wrote country music, he would come home and he would say, um, you know, like, I really, I can't listen to anything country because it makes my brain work. It makes me feel like I'm working. And That's interesting. a lot of time, yeah, like he knew a lot of the people who were writing the songs. And yeah. so I think it just kind of, it was a different thing for him than just like relaxing, listening to music. So yeah. the only way that um, we really listened to music at the house was um, a lot of the soul and jazz stuff because it was so different from country. Sure. And so um, I kind of, so then in 2008, um, my dad was nominated for a Grammy for his song called I Need You. And yeah. that was the year that Amy Winehouse won all of her Grammys. Right. And so I remember uh, we were in LA and I'd never heard of her before. And I saw, you know, which she wasn't allowed to come into America because she had drugs on her and stuff. So she wasn't right. allowed to come <laughs> Um, but they broadcasted her, you know, from, from, I think it was London or something, but anyways, that was when I first, um, found Amy Winehouse. And so I became a huge Amy Winehouse fan and kind of delved into the music that she listened to and that she kind of pulled from. So I think, um, kind of just a mixture of growing up with those, you know, influences being played all the time. And then, um, like we had a record player and, uh, we would go down to my, we had this little lake house, um, it was like a lake shack in Kentucky. And we had like no, um, no cable TV, really no TV at all. And oh. so we would listen to a lot of records. And so um, we were down there like every weekend, just about when I was growing up. So we listened to a lot of kind of old school records. And um, although a lot of it was, you know, like the Merle Haggard and Waylon and all that stuff, yeah. um, a lot of it was you know, Ray Charles and Leon Redbone and Etta James and Billie Holiday and nice. all that stuff. And I think for me, like, I always felt that 
um, I connected more with soul music because it seemed really authentic and it seemed like those people were going through something when they sang, you could feel it. And so that kind of always, um, connected me to, to that kind of music. I love that because I think that, that, um, I don't know, you hear like someone like Elvis, right? Like that story is obviously very, I, I wouldn't say similar, but Elvis is a guy who loves country music, but he also loves, you know, the blues and he loves soul. Right. For and sure. like, I think that that's really cool because they tend, they tend to each other, right? Like country music is the base of most music genres, but yeah. then you have the blues that are also a big part of most music genres, you know, rock, which is a big part of most music genres. Right. So I think that the, that the, having the foundation of all of those things are so important and most people do, I think they just don't tap into it because sure. it's just maybe not something that they've ever <clears throat> explored. Right. But I feel like if you like country music, you like the blues, like it kind yeah. of goes hands in hand, hand in hand for the most part. You don't have to like everything, but like yeah. you recognize how good it is. Right. And I think that that's really, really cool. And, and the fact that you actually use that in your original music, I, I love, I think that that's well, cool you. as a listener, as a listener, I think that's awesome. So, yeah, you um, know, it's to me and probably part of it too, was when I did start writing music, I was about nine years old and I wanted so bad. One of my, one of my biggest flexes when I was a kid would be like when I would write a song and I would bring it to my dad. Cause he was kind of like my publisher where I could bring sure. him a song and be yeah. like, what do you think about this? What should I do with this? Was, was he honest with you? Was he honest? Oh, so honest. Oh, like, that's great. Really? <laughs> Good. Which I'm very thankful for because there's a lot of people on American Idol whose parents should have told them that they shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure at nine years old, you hated it, but I'm sure looking back at it, you're like, okay, thank you so much. I oh, yeah. It. When yeah. I was a kid, it hurt my ego. <laughs> I worked for hours on this. What do you mean it's not good? But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, kind of having somebody that, that I wanted to write something or, or create a melody that was, and I think too, when you grow up with somebody that's a full-time songwriter, like you feel like there's nothing that hasn't been said because every day my dad would come home and show us whatever song he wrote that day. And there was like all this, all these catalogs of all this music and, so when I started writing songs, I was like, well, I want to write something different. And so I think it kind of pulled me probably a little bit away from country sure. um, just because I didn't want to do, I wanted to to have my own thing that right. wasn't what, you know, my dad was doing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think it kind of goes back to like the whole old saying that I always use of like what your parents listened to growing up, you never thought was cool until you got a little bit older. Right. And you like always wanted to be, and that's, that's, the only, that's basically the only reason I got in country music is because I just wanted to be a little bit different from everyone else. Yeah. Uh, and now here we are. God knows how long later, but, but, but I mean, the, the, the point is, is that like, I, I totally get that. And I, to, I, I understand it. And one thing that you said that I actually um, love that you said, because people have said this before and, and I, I may have said this on last week's episode. I'm not hundred percent sure. So if you're listening right now and you're like, Kyle, you're repeating yourself. Shut up. I'm sorry. But, um, so there's been something that has been said before, which you kind of hit on is like, your dad didn't want to come home and listen to country music. Cause he kind of felt like he was working. Right. Um, and you know, people say like, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear if this is your thoughts too, but like, did, um, did he not want to listen to it because he, he didn't want to like hear a something and then like go into a room the next day and be like, Oh, I got something like cool, but not realize that he heard it somewhere else, like a melody or something like that. You know what I mean? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I think there was probably a part of that. And then kind of, I think too, I don't know, maybe it was kind of also that thing where he knew most of the people who were, 
having those hits and then it kind of you know I think everybody is trying to be like the best songwriter that they can possibly possibly be and if you know you're in one of those phases where you might not be getting a lot of cuts at that point or whatever I think it kind of um it kind of takes you into that place of like, I can't be relaxing. I need to be working. I need sure. to be doing yeah. this. Like, yeah, it's cool. you know, what, did, what did he do on that song? How did he turn that hook? You know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it kind of makes you go into a work mode. Cause I even kind of feel that now, Yeah. Um, you know, for me, like limiting social media has been a really big thing for me nice. because it's really hard to, when you feel like you're in a lull, lull, it's a hard word. Lull. Uh, <laughs> doesn't roll off the tongue nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when you're kind of in one of those hard spots in your career, um, I think it's really easy to kind of compare and to, you know, think, well, why is, you know, what's working for this person that's not working for me or whatever. So I think, you know, used to, it was probably more radio and then now it's kind of more social media. Sure. I, I, um, I love that. Cause like, I struggle with that too. Right. You know, I, um, I, I think a lot of people do. I think people just kind of just bite the bullet because it's just 2023 and you kind of have to sure. just do it. Right. Um, but I struggle with that too. Like there, there are so many times where I look and I go, okay, well, why is this person doing this? But I'm still, and that could be anything right from like, from like a hobby standpoint as like, as of this or like a career standpoint, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure like we both want to be in places in our career and, and we're still striving for those, or maybe we've hit them. I definitely sure as hell know I haven't hit them. And, and no, me too. It, yeah. is, you know what I mean? So like, you look at someone, you're like, Oh, like, why are they doing that? Or on another contrary, right? Like I have friends now that are getting engaged or, you know, yes. my one friend is, and she's definitely not listening to this, so it's fine. But my <laughs> one friend is, is pregnant. She just got, she's going to have her first kid. Right. And like, so there's like all these things and you're like, Oh man, like, Am I moving too slow? But also, I also think it's just based on time. And like, everyone's going to move at their own pace and everyone's going to succeed at their own level at their own time. It's all going to happen. 100%. That's something that I've really tried to kind of come to, um, especially over the last year, because I'm 25 myself. And, you know, I think you start getting to that place where you realize like, oh, I'm, I'm halfway through my 20s. And especially as a female, I remember growing up, um, hearing that women have a shorter time frame which i don't think that's true anymore but when i was younger that was probably a little bit more true before um there was such a anyways um so i think you know you put these timelines and these time limits on yourself where you're like oh i i should be doing this by this point but at the same time it's like you know i try to remember it's all god's plan and you know sometimes you know if you're given something I think that when you're standing at rock bottom, it makes, if you're climbing up that hill, it makes the mountain view a lot sweeter than if you just start at the mountain view. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, especially nowadays with social media, you can, so I've learned this from the labels, um, in Nashville, I went and had a bunch of meetings with places like universal and BMG Mm -hmm. and, um, kind of trying to get an idea of where they saw me and what I needed to be doing. And, um, you know, they kind of told me that with social media people, you know, they might have a video that goes viral and they'll get picked up or they'll get signed by somebody, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that person is ready for it. And not in every case, I do believe in a lot of cases, people have worked really hard and they use social media as a platform to get their music out. But there's some kids who are 15 and they're playing music in their bedroom and this song blows up and they haven't written 
hardly any songs. They've never played a live show before. And that has to be so scary to me to, you know, get this opportunity because I've been told my whole life, like you get one chance to make a first impression. And so you want to be ready, you know, when that happens. So I try to tell myself, you know, I'm just getting, I'm getting myself ready for when those moments do come where I will be ready. Because when I was 21, I thought that I was ready. I was like, I'm, so when I was 17, my family moved back from Nashville to Texas. All my family's from Texas. Mm-hmm. And my dad was seeing the change uh, in the songwriting industry because used to, you know, songwriters got paid from, you know, the radio and hard copy sales. And when it moved to uh, streaming and Spotify and all this stuff, songwriters get 0.0001 penny, you know, off of every stream. So I think when my dad started seeing that, he was like, you know what, we're going to move back to Texas. They have a great live music ben- or great live music scene. Yeah. Um, so long story short, I lived here for a couple years, uh, went to college for about a year and then decided I wanted to start doing music full time myself. Yeah. So um, I did that for about a year and a half. And then I was like, you know what, I think I want to move back to Nashville and try my own shot at Nashville and kind of see what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that I was ready because I was like, well, I played in these bars for a year and a half. And, but truthfully, I'd probably only written maybe 50 songs at that point. Mm -hmm. And, um, and truly, I, I don't think that that's enough because you're still finding who you are as an artist. And, you know, everybody's always said it takes a hundred songs to just begin figuring out who am I as an artist. And when I was younger, I did a lot of emulations and, imitations of the music like Billie Holiday and Amy Winehouse and all of that and um but as I've gotten older I've realized that that's a part of me but there's also a bigger part of me and and that is country music and that is storytelling and and folk music and I love Jim Croce and I love um you know there's there's so many artists that you can pull from and you don't have to necessarily emulate just one artist so it took me a few years to learn that and so when I went to Nashville in my brain, I was like, I'm ready. You know, I want a deal. I want this. I want that. And it took me moving down there and really understanding, like, what does it mean to have a record deal? Yeah. What does it mean to have a publishing deal? What are you really getting from it that you can't do yourself? It might take a longer time, but are you, you know, what I think there's different stuff that's better for different artists. And for me, I learned that the independent route was better for me because I'm very independent minded. I don't really like people telling me like how I'm supposed to sound or what, how I need to dress or how I, what songs I need to put out, you know? So, um, I think sometimes it just takes a while to figure out your path and, and it's better not rushed to me. I think that's really cool. I think, I think it's really cool that you had to go and try and realize, Hey, actually, I think I jumped the gun. Right. Like, yeah. And that takes guts. Like that takes guts to realize, okay, maybe I jumped the gun. Right. Yeah. There's like that, there's that story um, that, that um, Garth Brooks tells all the time about how he left Oklahoma, moved to Nashville and then like realized it wasn't easy. And then within like four a week or whatever it was, it was like a really short amount of time. He turned around and drove back and said, I wasn't ready. Right. Yeah. Like, and it, it, and that's someone who, you know, did it. Right. So like yeah. there's, there's something to be said about being able to say, actually, I need more time. Right. And you're right. 50 songs isn't enough. It's, it's not, it's, it's not. a fact, right? Like there are some it's people, not. I'm sure that there are some people and I'm not saying that these are good songs. But I'm sure there's some people that write 50 songs in two months. Right. Like sure. it's, I'm sure. And 
but you're right. And to be able to say like, okay, I wasn't ready. Like, I think it's, I think it's really mature. And I also think it's really cool that you realize that there's all these other people that you can pull from and like, you can, you can make your own sound out of all these other people that you loved. Right. And like, you can be you, you can be Jesse and like, no one else can be that. So let's go and find who I love and who I want to be and how I want to dress and how I want to present myself and do that. And that's why I think the independent route is so cool. Like I'm not, I'm not, there are so many people that I know that, that, that are signed to a publishing deal or whatever. It might be a record deal, whatever, but and there's no knock in that at all. Sure, 100%. But, but to be able to say, like, I'm the type of person that wants to succeed as an independent, and maybe five years down the line, maybe you sign a deal, and, and it's sure. the right deal for you. But for right now, this is what works, and I love that. So good on you. Yeah, and, you know, and I and I definitely, what you just said, you know, if it's the right deal for you, that's the thing is, you know, there's a lot of deals. There's a lot of record deals. There's a lot of people who move to town and that's their one track focus yep. is I just want to deal. And sometimes it's the worst deal in the world. Like I have a friend that moved to Nashville. He'd only been there a couple months and got offered um, a publishing deal. And it was a five-year deal where they keep all of his publishing. And I think he was making maybe 20 grand a year Ugh. in it. And it's like, but you know, in that person's mind, they were like, I'm getting a publishing deal and it's the best thing ever but and you know and it and i think the good thing about a publishing deal is that it opens doors that you wouldn't right have opened if you're just sitting in your bedroom writing songs you know and it does connect you and sometimes you know it takes a bad deal to have a good deal after that yeah um, and you know most people unless you're cody johnson who had built this amazing texas empire mm-hmm. and then moves to or not moves but um goes to nashville and he gets a 50 50 deal with warner and the top three songs get to be and he gets to do whatever he wants still and no one's gonna tell him no and yeah he's one of my heroes i want to let you know that so i yes I, I'll, I'll i'll die on that hill but yeah um but yeah, yeah me right. too because i just love how he how he did his business and he was very much like you know this they said well we can you know if you sign this we'll get you a bus and he's like i own a bus company <laughs> you know like that doesn't mean anything so I think it's so cool. And that's, I, I knock, I tr- I'm trying to get better about this. I knock social media a lot because um, I'm just not naturally somebody that is always wanting to, uh, one of the reasons I didn't want to get into music was I felt like it was a very me, me, me business. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, it can be a selfish business. There's a lot of people who do good with it, who, yeah. you know, write with veterans or start charities or whatever. And I think that's wonderful. Um, but it can be a very narcissistic business. And I feel like social media makes makes it harder because you have to be even more me, 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 me. Right. Um, and so I've always kind of struggled with that. But that is one positive to me of social media is that you don't have to necessarily sign your life away to be able to make fans and to be able to get your music out there anymore. Yeah. So that's one good yeah. thing. <laughs> I agree. And I, I, I've said this before, and um, I think that like, all of us somewhat involved in the music industry. And I say somewhat, not as in you, as in me, like somewhat me and then you, right. And everyone else. But, but I think that um, everyone's got a little bit of a, everyone loves themselves just a little bit, right. Because you wouldn't put the stuff out there if you didn't just love yourself a little bit, but I resonate with you because I also agree. Like I, I sit here and I talk every week. Right. And I meet all these people that I love like very much. And that's why I do it. But I don't take compliments very well. I don't sure. like when people when people say like, "Oh, this is so cool!" Like, really, like, I don't know how to respond. I'm just like, "Oh, 
thanks man like, <laughs> like thanks like i i appreciate it like that's cool or like i just get like really like choked up and i don't know what to say like i just i don't like it and i post on and i and i've always said this and i i will continue to say this that i only post on social media because i feel like a presence only does me positive not a negative 100%. so and that's the only reason why I post on my personal page or my podcast page. Either way, the only I don't, and I post on the podcast page because that's how I get listens. But and on my personal page, you have to. You have to. You or have else, to. You are obsolete if you. Or don't else you're just doing stop. work for nothing at the end of the day. Like that's it's it. True. Yeah. So, when thanks. I went in uh, and had a meeting with Universal Music, and they said, um, which, "Forgive me, I don't know football terms super well, so I might be totally saying this wrong." But from Texas, uh, you don't know football terms. That's I crazy. know, I know, <laughs> I'm awful. Okay. Um, but he told me if I went in, and he said, "Well, where are your social media numbers at?" And this is when I was 21, and I think I might have had like 1,500 people that were following my page. And uh, he said, "Okay," he said, "Well, if you can get your following up to about 100,000 people." And if you can take your career to, is it the 10 yard line? Is that right before the yeah. touchdown? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 10 yard line. Yeah. That's good. He said, if you can take your career to the 10 yard line, we'll take it to the touchdown. And I thought if I do all that work and it takes <laughs> me all these years to do that work, then like, why would, why wouldn't I just take it to the touchdown? And so I started learning, I think more, and, and, you know, I think Nashville is a very, it's needed. I mean, yeah. I think everybody that's really doing it, I mean, if if you want to be on the radio, you want to be on these major arena tours, you want to be doing all this stuff, sure. you need Nashville, you yeah. know, but uh, unless you're Cody Jinx, <laughs> he's yeah. like the anomalies, you know, yeah. and like Chance the Rapper, I know he never signed, he was um, independent. And so I think it's possible. I, I think it's harder and I think it's more expensive. You know, when you, when you sign a deal, you know that, you know, someone's going to be essentially funding it but you're also having to pay it all back with your music and yeah. so um yeah i think that the independent route has been really good for somebody like me because um you know like i i can take off if i want on my birthday i can go play in a state that i've really been wanting to play in yeah. and you know and it's it is hard like the booking part is the hardest but um but I, you know, I think the booking agents come that all of that stuff comes as you build your brand. But I think yeah. a lot of it just start on social media. I agree. Nothing, nothing you ever want will ever come easy unless there's hard work involved. Whatever that saying is, it's like uh, a life living hard work is better than with hard work is better than like living an easy life or whatever the saying is like, yeah. that's, that's, that's a fact. Like you feel so much more fulfilled if you know, you worked your butt off yes. and you're like, like I did it. Right. Like, yeah. I, like, and even if like you didn't finish like your main goal, like even if it's just like a stepping stone, like you, you did that little part. And I think that that's, that that's really cool. And, um, you know, it, it shows that hard work is important. And I love that. So that's what uh, I love about Chris Stapleton's story, yeah. you know, like he was in town for almost 15 years and then everybody knew he was an amazing singer and songwriter. And, but it just took that one moment of him getting on that stage with Justin right. Timberlake for the world to see it. And then all of a sudden he's, this huge star and it's like but he i mean he was an quote-unquote overnight sensation but he worked his ass off he had been there for years we've been listening to chris Dableton for how long but no yes. one cared until he got up there and sung freaking tennessee whiskey with, yeah and drink you away you know what i mean like yeah. it's um but but i i, I totally agree i think it's funny now um I, i've asked this to a person before and and 
this particular person didn't know the answer. So I'm going to ask you because you brought up Chris Stapleton and I feel like this is like the most fun fact I've ever had in my head ever. And I love any chance to talk about it. Um, do you know uh, what Chris Stapleton's first, like one of, one of, it may not be number one, but one of his first recorded, released, like when you first heard his vocal on a song for the first time, do you know what that song is? He wasn't, it wasn't his song. He was a background singer. But if you listen to, or he was doing backing vocals, if you listen to the song, you can hear him. It's an older song, probably 20 years ago, almost. If not, maybe 15. Was it Your Man by Josh Turner? No, but close. Really can I close. Hear that? I didn't know if he sang on it. Same record. Same record. Mm. Wow. Nice. I don't know. What was it? Uh, Loretta Lynn's Lincoln. Oh. Do you know that song? Yeah, I've listened close. You can hear him sing that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I saw it somewhere. It's it so cool. awesome. I know. I used to listen to the Steel Drivers. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was like. Rain Christmas. And then now everyone loves Rainbows Never Die. I'm like, guys, come on. What yeah. like old like, news? <laughs> everyone, of course, of course, everyone loves that song. How could you not? But it's yeah. like, let's get with it. It's been around yeah, for a long time. Yeah, he's my favorites. Oh my god, I saw him in concert like uh, in October for the first time, Ooh. and it was so good. It was so good. It was just amazing. Like, he's yeah. just so good at everything. And the funny thing, and like, this is how, you know, he just puts everyone to shame, but he gets up there and he, he, he was singing for a while and then he stops and he's like, Hey guys, like I just, he started talking for a little bit and he's like, and you know how he's very like serious and he doesn't like make a lot of jokes. He's like, I gotta say, um, my voice is hurting today. Like I'm like, I'm not feeling the best. So just like bear with me. And then he lets out these notes and I'm like, what a slap in the face. Like <laughs> I sound like garbage. You're and sick you're, and you're still good. <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't even notice. Like I'm not even just, I hadn't, I hadn't, I, if he never said anything, I would not have thought anything. Yeah. And then like two days later, he literally had bronchitis and he had to like, like take like two oh. days off of the tour or whatever it was. But, but I was like, man, like this guy's up there singing and he's sick and I sound like crap. What is this? <laughs> Like what, like what are we doing? I just want a pinky nail of his talent. Yeah, I know. It's absolutely He's so good. He is so good. Now, um, I, I feel like I gotta ask you, just because you know, you, you brought it up earlier. So so I feel like it's it's okay if if, if it's not okay, please tell me. But yeah. now, obviously your father's David Lee and he's he's a great songwriter and he's got all these songs that a lot of them that I really, really love personally. But do you have a favorite? Probably Letters from Home. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. That's probably my favorite just because of what that song has, the, what doors that song has opened. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very healing song. And, yeah, um, you know, I've watched him kind of have these, these opportunities to play for like these veteran families um, who might have lost their loved one in the military and um, these kind of conventions and stuff. And it has, that song has, it, that was one of those songs where, you know, he was holding the pen, but God was writing it. Yeah. Him and uh, Tony Lane is who he wrote that with. And um, that song was, it was just crazy. Like how many doors it's opened. We've now um, get to write with this, organization it's called operation song and we sit down with you know veterans of ptsd or that are struggling with addiction and we write these songs with them and um i think it's just it it i think healing songs like that for people or songs that really tell a, a moment of time yeah. don't come around a lot and so 
I think the poetry in that song and just the way that it's touched so many people that makes it my favorite. That's amazing. I love that song too. It's like yeah. those that the, when people say like, um, especially you know where I'm from, where people don't listen to country music or, or really understand the type of country music that I listen to. Um, when people ask why I love it so much, it's songs like that that I play for people and I say like, this like this is why because when you have, when you listen to a song like like particularly a song like that right you feel something you feel something that you probably haven't felt for for other songs you've heard right and then there's yeah. people that really resonate with it which is horrible but but it's true like there are people that were like this is kind of my life right and like and that's yeah. what too. my dad was in um he had taken my mom on a trip to italy she had never been out of the country and so they went to Italy and they were sitting at this little bistro drinking a glass of wine and this couple, they were an American couple, and I guess they heard my parents talking and they were like, hey, are y'all from America? And they said, yeah. And they said, well, do you mind if we sit with y'all? So they sat and they started talking and he asked my dad, you know, what he does for a living. And he said, I'm a songwriter. And he said, well, do you have any songs that I would know? And um, he said, well, I actually have a song right now on the radio. It's called Letters From Home. And he said, the guy, like stopped and got big tears in his eyes and he said you wrote that song and he said yeah and he said um my son that was me and my son's song he said my son just died in afghanistan wow. and he said but he sent me that song last week and said dad when i think of the song i think of you like this is our song and so he took um i know he took this oh. bracelet off of his wrist and it had matthew p wallace with the uh the day he was born and then the day that he passed and it was this bracelet and he took it off and he put it on my dad's wrist. And so my dad's wore that since, I don't know, whenever that song was out, 2008, 2009. Yeah. Like that. But um, yeah, Chills. so it's Chills. crazy. Yeah. Those kind of moments, you know, happen in songs that are, that are real and that really touch people. And, you know, they're, they're kind of gems because I think country music used to really be a lot about storytelling. Um, I'm a little upset that it's changed so much and kind of become more about the, the I mean, and I think a, a fun groove song is fun, you know, but I think those songs are important that, yeah. that touch people and tell a story. I, I really, I agree. I, I very much agree. I think that there is a, a small group of people that are trying to bring that back. And I, I, I think sure. that's great. And I, I think that we're going in a positive direction. I don't know how long it's going to take. I'm just saying this. I think that there is definitely a group of people um, that are kind of tipping that iceberg where we're all going to hear about them soon or yes. we're not. And, but I also think that there's people like you and, and, and in, in your, um, you know, where you are and, and there's all these other people that are kind of our age that are figuring it out too, right. That are, that are really into that. And I think that's really wow. great. And so I think we're going in a positive direction. I Again, too. I don't know how long that's going to take, but I agree. I, I wish that you heard of it more. I wish that on the radio, you hear it more, right? Like I, I wish that there was all these things um, that you could hear from it, but you're correct. I, I 100% agree. That story is ins insane, insane, yeah. absolutely insane. Um, I love that song. Uh, just to throw my little, um, my little opinion on here. Uh, for me, it's me and my kind. I just want to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I was 16, so I started listening to country music around 14, 15. Uh, kind of made my way backwards, right? Like started with everything on the radio and made my way backwards. About yeah. 16, 17, I started listening to cowboy music and started listening to Cody Johnson. And I listened to songs like that. And I was like, whoa, like there's this whole other yes. side. And it's it's changed my life forever. And I just think that that, oh, I love like that, that are awesome. Awesome. Um, 
that's that, I love that song. I mean, but like the list, the list goes on, right? Like, like you know, even like Cowboy Like Me. Could you imagine me listening to Cowboy Like Me? No, but it's great, <laughs> and I do all the time. Or like with you, I like you know, there's there's so many songs that he's written that are so good. But um, I, I love songwriters. Um, obviously, if you can tell that by now. But um, so I think that a good story song really goes a long way, and uh, that's a really cool story. So thanks for sharing that. I appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. Cool. So can we talk about your uh, album that came out this year? Yes, please. Okay, cool. Let's do it. So um, it is called Dive Bar Superstar. Um, I love a good dive bar. And I think you're a superstar. <laughs> so that goes well, right? It's seven songs and it's it's fantastic. So let's let's talk about it a little bit. Um, for me, this is the first thing that that I've heard from you. And I was like, whoa, like this sound is totally different than what I'm hearing. You know, what I heard last week or what I'll hear next week or a month from now, right? So, so these seven songs, um, was it nerve wracking for you? Was it nerve wracking to, to kind of put something out that was maybe against the grain? Yeah, you know, I was, um, I tried to put out a an EP. I think it was just gonna be like five songs, but I tried to do that when I was 19 and went into the studio. And I think that was, well, maybe I was 20, but anyways, at that point, that's when I realized that um, I had some more songs that I wanted to write. And yeah. um, even since I put out that, EP. I mean, I recorded it a couple of years ago. And so now I listen to some of those songs and I'm like, dang it, I wish I would have written this song so I could put that. But that's the beautiful thing. I guess there's always more music. But um, I was I was excited to put that out because um, I'd been playing for a few years all around, you know, Texas and Tennessee and done all kinds of little songwriter festivals and stuff. And um, and I always had people asking me for, you know, do do you have a CD out? Do you have songs out? So for me, this release kind of was a symbolism of of the music that when I had played it live at, at my Texas shows, people had been asking me to record these specific songs. So when I went in to record it, um, I knew that all of the songs kind of were almost a different genre, but all in the same CD. And so I was a little bit nervous about how we were gonna make it have a flow, but I think with the players that were on it, they had a they just are amazing musicians and they're all the some of the best studio musicians in Nashville. And um they had a great way of kind of although everything kind of every song is kind of unique to its own style, mm -hmm. they had a way of um making it all kind of mesh together. So yeah. I was really happy about that. But um but yeah, it was it was just so much fun and I'm already ready to go put out a new one yeah right that's how it goes it's like you, you you really spend all this time this money into putting this project you're just like okay let's go on to the next one it's just great yeah but uh, you really gotta let it resonate you gotta get let it marinate and i think that's yeah. important too but i um i love the ambition i love that you want to just put more stuff out i think that's great um do you have a um was there a song on here that that when you decided you wanted to put it on here you're like huh like this one might be the one that i really want I don't know if everyone else is going to resonate with it, but this is the one for me that's really important to me that I want on here. Yeah, um, probably Crazy House because- I love that song. <laughs> thank you. I had written that song because um, I had learned this fun little history fact. So back in the 1850s, a lot of women, um, that was kind of around the time where um, women kind of started trying to speak out a little bit more mm -hmm. and started trying to have a little bit more um say so in their household other than just being kind of like the puppy dogs that yeah. you know so 
at that time, men thought that the women were literally going crazy. And so they would put them in these mental institutions. And so the women didn't have a way that like the men could sign them in for um, any reason. And a lot of times it was because they were going through menopause and like they didn't know like what what that was. And so um, they would get signed into these mental institutions. So there was this woman named Elizabeth Packard who kind of started this whole movement about the mental institution thing that was going on in the 1850s. And so when I was probably like 13 or 14, my family and I went up to New York and went and saw one of these old mental institutions. And it's like this whole kind of like a museum now where you can go through it and read all the history and see where they would sleep and all this stuff. And um, so I wanted to write this song kind of about that. And so um, when every time I sing it, especially to a new crowd, I don't, I don't know if people really get what I'm trying to say in the song, but you know, it, it's like, she's not wanting to go home to somebody mm-hmm. that put her in this mental institution. So right. sometimes I feel like if people don't hear the backstory on it, you know, they don't know exactly what it's about. Sure. Um, so I didn't know exactly how people would take that song, but I think it's a fun song. And so yeah. if people like the melody of it, then that's just as good. <laughs> I really, I really like it. And I didn't know all that about the song. And I think that actually makes it a lot cooler. Like I <laughs> Like that is like that is a song where like if I was listening to it like I would tell someone that story because that's so cool. Think about that. Like that's yeah. I mean like obviously it's 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 horrible, but I guess it's just the times, right? Where where that's sure. happening. But but I like I would never have gotten all that from the song. I think that's really cool. I yeah. love that. That's awesome, and I love that you put it in the middle too. I think that that's cool too. Um, mm-hmm. but that's that's really awesome. I really love you're gonna be you're gonna be your mama. I love that song. Yes. Um, but I, I don't know. I just think this whole project is so great. And like, if, if I didn't, if I didn't talk to you today, like I would never know how all of these songs started sounding like this, like that wouldn't have made sense. Right. Cause it, yeah. it, it is, it is so different. And, and that's why I think that lends you so well. Um, well, thanks. Yeah, it's it's under Americana, which I find very funny. Because I, I don't know how to navigate the Americana genre. I don't either. <laughs> um, and I don't, th- I think that's the part of it. Right. Like, I think it's just all, everyone who like, doesn't 100% want to succumb themselves to one little thing here and keep themselves in a bubble. And you can play with Americana. I think that's cool too. There's so many people that are in yeah. Americana that are just singer songwriters. And sure. so I think that that's really cool. that you. Yeah. yeah I wasn't people. really sure what to label it as yeah. um, when they asked, you know, when I asked the question of what genre is this music, I sat there and stared at it for a while. Cause I'm like, well, it's not necessarily country because there's songs like stay sweetheart, which is yeah. a complete piano you know, kind of Michael Bublé-esque song. And then, you know, like Black Wolf is kind of jazzy and there's different stuff on there that doesn't necessarily lend to country, but then there's songs like Dive Bar Superstar, You're Gonna Be Your Mama, um, stuff Where You Ain't, that's a little bit more country. So um, I just kind of, I guess for me, like I know Sierra Farrell is considered Americana and that's probably more along the lines of which she's still a little more country, like old school yeah. fiddle, you know, all that stuff. But um, that's kind of, I guess, where I was kind of thinking is where it's, cool. yeah, country. Where it lies. That's awesome. Yes. I think that's really cool. You'd be surprised. People love Sierra Farrell up here. Love her. I love um, her. It's great. I like her too. But I think that it's so <laughs> funny that she's the one person they love here. Yeah. I'm like, Man, I'm like you, there are so many other people that I would have guessed 
Yeah. And that's not a knock. It's just so like out of what I would think that people in the tri-state area of New Jersey, like I live right outside New York. Like I would never in a million years be like, oh, you love Sierra Farrow. Okay, great. (laughs) Wonderful. You know what I mean? Yeah, because she's kind of got like a Kitty Wells, like these thing, you know. One of my friends walked up to me and goes, hey, did you hear the new Sierra Farrow song? I'm like, yeah, did you? Like, (laughs) You did? (laughs) Yeah, so when COVID was going on, I was living in Nashville and I was actually bartending um, during all the COVID stuff. And uh, the bar that I worked at, they kind of made it like a speakeasy where obviously we weren't supposed to be serving, but people would park down the street and walk through the back door. And we used to have Sierra Farrell there all the time because they weren't allowed to, you know, nobody was really supposed to be touring, but these musicians still needed to be able to make a living. And so um they would have her in and do acoustic stuff all the time and that was before she really took off took off she had gotten signed at rounder but then COVID happened so she hadn't had her big push yet yeah and yeah the first time that I saw her I was like this chick is gonna do something and so I've been really happy to see her that's really really cool that's really cool I um speaking of speakeasies I don't know why this popped in my head because you mentioned something earlier I think it's probably the coolest speakeasy of all time but no one knows about it it is in Montclair New Jersey it is a bar. It's speakeasy, uh, but the front of the speakeasy is a laundromat. Oh, that's cool! And you like open one of the. They have like a washer dryer situation going on. You like pull it open, you go through, and then the bars in the back. Yeah, that crazy. That's so cool. They have one of those in um, Fort Worth that I went for my cousin's bridal shower, and I think it was called like Dirty Laundry or something. Yeah, but- yeah. Yeah, the, those speakeasies are the coolest thing. There's one in Tennessee called, uh, I think it's called like the the red telephone booth, and it just Ooh. looks like a telephone booth, and then you open it. And it's no like way. Booth. Yes. Where? I know. There's, Where there's in Tennessee cool I go? That's awesome. It's yeah, downtown. There's some cool. I love speakeasies. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I, I there's not that many up here. Like there's one that like I've been to that that it's it's like a normal like it's not anything crazy. Like it doesn't you know, knock my socks off or anything. But like, I think that the idea of them are so cool. Like the coolest yeah. thing in the world. So. And next time you go to Nashville, there's um a place called, uh, Ho- I think it's called Hotel Noel. Okay. And if you go to, there's, there's like a, I think, what does it say? It's almost like a janitor closet. And I, I can't remember what exactly it says on the janitor closet, but you open the janitor closet and it goes into this whole speakeasy bar. It's really cool. But wow. I'm going to write that down. That's so cool. Yes. I love that. It kind of gives you, it, it gives you like a, like if, if you ever watch like old school mysteries and things like that, like that's the vibe that yeah. it gives me, which is why I think it's so cool. Hotel Noel. I'm going to have to write that down. I think I'll be there next month. So I will have to. Uh, yes, go check that. it out. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. I love it. Well, so, so we talked about this record and, and what this means to you. And you mentioned that you want to already make another one and, and do more. What are your plans? We're, we're in December. If you're listening now, it's December, uh, I think two weeks from now, but we're currently December 13th and we're heading into the new year. What is your plans for the new year and going forward for 2024? Yeah. So um, I have big plans for this year. This um, this year, for, I should say 2023 for me was really about putting together my band in January. My band went full time with me. Um, before then I had been doing a lot of acoustic stuff and I would have guys that would kind of fill in for band gigs, but I didn't have my band. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
we started that in January and it has been a wonderful year, but my, my main goal for this, this year has been, you know, I just want to keep my band busy. I want to book as many shows as I can. I want to put out my record. I shot a music video. Um, but my goal for this coming year is to get out of Texas more. And so I know for like July 4th, I have a tour booked going up to Wyoming. Um, we'll be going to Nashville a little bit more with my actual band. I know we'll be there in March playing. And um, so that's a big goal is I, one thing I never want to happen with, um, I guess my, my band and my music is I never want to get stagnant. And I think that the the whole reason that I started doing music was because I didn't want to be confined to one place or one space that I had to be every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried the nursing route and I started working at a hospital and realized like, I don't want to have to get up at six o'clock in the morning and put on scrubs and come to the same place every day. And I wish honestly that I could, because I'd have, uh, benefits and insurance (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, I, I chose a much more difficult path, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, that's kind of my biggest goal is that I want to get outside of Texas and just really explore and experience what it really means to be able to really travel, travel. And, um, I got to do a little bit of it this year, got to go to like Key West and, um, went to Mississippi and a few different places, but my goal is to do that with my band this year. And so, um, that's a big one. And then I would love to put out at least, I don't know, probably four or five more singles this year. Um, I have a bunch of songs in the vault (laughs) and there's stuff that I think, this past record dive or superstar that I put out was more of like a um I wanted to have these first songs that I had really played and that had kind of helped me start my Texas career. I wanted to have that solidified and something that was recorded that I will always be there because I know from from that point on I always knew that my music would kind of it's now my music is probably a little more um a little it has a little bit more of a of a southern rock thing to it a little bit more of a i guess just more rocking than what that ep was that yeah. ep was a very kind of like chill um kind of vibe to it so i think that yeah putting out new music and social media that is actually a huge goal for me this year because i have been me really too. <laughs> i know i know it's and it's hard because i think you know, especially when I see these people, they post a song every single day, just about. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I'm like, I don't even know the equipment that I need. Like, I feel like I'm an 80 year old grandma, like trying to figure <laughs> this out. <laughs> it's it's daunting though. It's daunting. It's a lot. Like you don't know what the right thing to do is. I get it. I know. And then, you know, sometimes I'll take a video and I'll post it and then I'll have like my bass player is also my sound guy. And I posted something the other day and he was like, why like why did you post that the sound quality was so bad and i'm like i already deleted it don't worry you know (laughs) it's like i don't know so trying to figure out the social media thing is huge because i would like to i think right now i have like 3.5 thousand people that follow me by the end of the year i mean i'd really like to make it between 10 and 15 thousand people that are following me and i think it's possible if you post several times a week and you're you know on it and I follow a lot of people and have talked to a lot of my friends who do have 150,000 people that follow them. And they're like, sure. there's no reason that 
you don't have a lot of people following you. I'm like, well, I don't know how to do this. So right. that's kind of my goal for, for this year is, is get out of, get out of Texas more, have a better social media following and, um, put out some more music. I think that's great. I think those are all great goals and they're all attainable goals, right? Like I think, I think that so. you're not like shooting for the stars saying like, I want to be on this tour or that tour or this tour. And that's all great too. But I think that it's cool to set yourself goals that like you can actually obtain. Right yeah. Like you I've always looked at my career as like a six month to one year kind of piece because yeah. when if I start looking at it as a whole, you know, well, this is where I need to be. And I start looking at it super big picture. Yeah. I get incredibly overwhelmed and stressed out and feel like mm -hmm. I'm failing and feel like I'm not right. doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I've learned for myself, if I can go, okay, in six months, I want to be here. And then in a year, I want to be here. Um, it's worked a lot better for I me. I feel that. I'll tell you, I feel that. Keep it, yeah. keep it at a checkpoint. I think that's really important. I, I love yeah. it. I think it's great. Jesse, thanks for coming and hanging out with me. I appreciate it. You are so cool. You're one of the nicest humans I've ever met. And you just have a great, great head on your shoulders. And I think your music is awesome. And keep it up. It's just Thank great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed our talk. Of course. Anytime. Whenever you want to put more stuff out and you want to come back, let me know. And we can totally do it. I'm totally down. I think that's yeah. great. I always I always welcome uh, returners. And I make this joke every week. My, my, my brother will be like, didn't you have that person on already? And it doesn't happen that often. But he'll be like, Didn't you, I thought you already had that person on. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, why do they want to come back and talk to you? I'm like, that's just <laughs> not you're nice. cool. <laughs> that's just not nice. I was like, you, you could have kept that one to yourself. But all right. All right. Um, everybody, you can go follow Jesse uh, on Instagram at Jesse Lee Official. That's J-E-S-S-E-E -S -S -E -E, Lee Official. Uh, all one word. And you can uh, you know keep up to date with, with music announcements and show announcements and video content and all that good stuff. And you can get our 10,000 Instagram followers for 2024. Yeah. That's what we want. That's what we want. Keep it up. Keep it up. And uh, Dive Bar Superstars out now uh seven songs fantastic great great project um love the songs love the sound you will too it's absolutely great and um you know stay tuned she's got some stuff coming and i think uh, it's gonna be uh fantastic uh thank you for tuning in to another episode of the remember country music podcast remember to rate subscribe give us five stars if you love the episode and follow us on instagram at rcm underscore podcast new episodes come out every friday 11 a.m eastern 10 a.m central wherever you listen to pods apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio. Uh, it's all there. Um, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, we're closing out 2023 and we're on 2024 um, within the next week or so. I don't even know what day it is, but we're doing great. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm Kyle. That's Jesse. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Mm -hmm.